Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to all. This is Dr. Lorenzo Neal. I'm your humble host, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We're promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And as always, we're here to empower you, our listeners, to knowing and impacting around us. And as always, you can welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Several ways you can do that. Primary way is... Um, you can join our Facebook social media, uh, uh, Zero Network on Facebook, uh, Zero at Zero Radio on Twitter. You can go there. Go there. Please like those pages. Uh, follow us on Twitter, and um, we we appreciate all that you can do. Also, we have a Facebook, uh, not Facebook. We have a YouTube channel that has been set up, and we're going to be broadcasting live there. Uh, uh, well, not just broadcasting live, but we're going to do live there. We're going to be doing live on Facebook. Uh, we're also going to be doing live uh, recorded videos and uploading them to YouTube. So go to the Zero Today YouTube channel, like and subscribe. And uh, we appreciate you all that you're doing. Also, you can support us on Patreon uh, to help us do what we're trying to do, expand this brand. We appreciate you so much for your support. Go to patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal and become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, and you'll be able to help us expand and do what we need to do. We appreciate it so much. This is – I'm loving what we're doing and how we're going forward. Just appreciate it. And like I said, we're trying to expand, <laughs> and it's a wonderful thing. We appreciate it so much for what you're doing and how you're helping us today. So um, I – I don't have a lot of time, so I want to go ahead and get straight into the topic today. This is part two of a show that we did, a discussion that we did some time ago, uh, uh, addressing shame and guilt. So this is part two to that, and we're going to get right into it. 
And oh, but what before we get right into it, I do want to solicit your prayers on behalf of all people who are experiencing all kinds of crazy stuff. Those people who are recovering from the earthquakes in South California, uh, South Central, uh, wherever it was in South California, uh, uh, 7.1 earthquake, I think it was. Also, those people who I mean, it's been crazy. You had a tsunami that caught, I mean, not tsunami, you had uh, about three feet of hailfall in Guadalajara, Mexico. You had a freak uh, rainstorm that flooded uh, somewhere in Japan, and you um, you have, uh, again, an outbreak of Ebola in the Congo area, and it's crazy, man. It is crazy. I don't understand why we're not uh, <laughs> trying to live our best life, and uh, it's too much going on, man. It is too much going on. We must appreciate life as we have it, and we must uh, not just appreciate it, but we must live it to the fullest, serve the Lord with gladness, and do all we can to to help others uh, do the same and be empowered and liberated. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, all of that. So, um. You, if you get the chance, go back and listen to the podcast, to the broadcast, uh, uh, guilt, addressing guilt and shame, um, and uh, you can you can get an idea where we're going to be coming from or where we are coming from, and we're going to be integrating this uh, this idea of character and its um, impact or its contribution to the idea of shame and guilt that we experience. Uh, as individuals, and also how that impacts our self-differentiation, and uh, you, I, 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 I liken it, liken it to this way: we live in such a world full of cognitive dissonance that we're no longer afraid to be whatever it is we think we ought to be, and it carries with that the the idea. That we should not feel guilty about anything or <laughs> anybody doing anything except for something that is extremely, extremely heinous to others or harmful to others, you know. And the saying goes like this if it feels good, do it as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, right? So, um, I, I, the more I, 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 I see how. Uh, a lot of American evangelical Christians are willing to embrace the idea of relative morality now. That morality is relative, subjective, and we can't judge folk, particularly when it comes to President Trump and his actions. Um, I, I just can't understand how we've given him or some have given him such a, a tremendous pass. You know, uh, just 20 years ago, uh, <laughs> and this is funny, but it's serious. Just 20 years ago, we were on the verge, on the verge of impeaching, uh, or probably had already impeached. I'm not quite sure if it, when the timeline is, but about 20 years ago, as uh, then President Bill Clinton was on trial for impeachment. You know, well, the, the he, you know, the the House had uh, voted. Overwhelmingly to impeach him, and has went to court, 
trial in the Senate, and the Senate voted to you know not impeach him. And uh, it was based largely on what we would call now a moral flaw. You know, the moral flaw was that Bill Clinton loved women, and because he loved women, he got involved with an, in, in an inappropriate relationship with one of the young interns, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. She kept the dress. <laughs> and so we were, we were such, uh, we had such high moral values and standards for public leaders, right? So when they fought, when they were falling left and right, like Jimmy, uh, uh, Jimmy um, mm, Swagger and Jerry, not Jerry Falwell, but uh, Jim Baker and many others, we could call, we can go down the list, uh, even some popular ones like Earl Polk, um, who was down in Atlanta, um, to other characters. We can again, we can go. Down the list of uh, a, a number of preachers, a number of politicians, a number of uh, upstanding community persons who, for one reason or another, gave into some type of uh, moral failure. And the public largely – well, I'm not going to say public largely, but they, they – they faced a, hot, a lot of harsh criticism because of decisions that led to their moral failure. And now here we are about 20 years later, and we have a president in the office who basically I, – I said – I've been gone on record said that he's immoral. And now I, I like what he's doing as far as you know what, when it looks to – uh, the overall economy, jobs, and all that stuff. He's he's doing his job uh, in in facilitating that. He's not responsible for it, but you know because it's happening under his term, he's getting the credit for it. So you have to give him credit for, or you have to acknowledge how um, the country is looking uh, fiscally and and, and economically. It, it you know and that, but at the same time we have to we we've strayed away from that other. Uh, thing that was a requirement, the moral, the moral <laughs> requirement, and we're seeing less and less accountability for immoral actions in his administration. And I'm not just talking about, I'm not just talking about his personal life. I'm talking about the broader issues of what we're seeing, you know, with the detention centers and all of that. And and, and I do. Acknowledge that that sometimes is being grossly misreported and um, grossly exaggerated uh, for political purposes. I I understand that, but nonetheless, you know we 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 know we are capable of doing better, and we are doing what we are supposed to be doing uh, as a country. But at the same time, we do realize that uh, you know. Sometimes you got to just be a little bit more firm and and whatnot. But I, I did not get, intend this is not to get on that that slide that slant at all. What, what I'm trying to address here is the shift of moral from a moral absolute to a, a moral relativity, and that moral relativity, in my perspective, as I'm seeing it, has led to a greater sense of the need uh, uh, or the 
non-need, I, sh- I probably should say, to acknowledge guilt and shame. And when I uh, talked about this last time, um, you know, it was from perspective of my personal experience, as well as um, from some um, some encounters and things that I had um, in during my time of reading. Excuse me, but mostly I, I drew. Uh, I, I I'm I'm drawing this from um, some some um, some. Teachings, I guess you can say, uh, speeches made by Dr. Miles Monroe. And if you uh, are familiar with Dr. Miles Monroe, the late great preacher, he was a preacher, he was a scholar, he was a entrepreneur, he was a um, envoy to business and world leaders, and um, he left a legacy that that um, even though he and his wife are gone. Uh, left the legacy that is continually uh, on leadership, on spiritual growth and development, and all. You know, he he was just dynamic. And so I've been listening to some of his videos, and and uh, he dealt in a lot of the videos that I was listening to. I, I I found a recurring theme, and the recurring theme that I found, particularly when it came to leadership, was the uh, accountability. Character, uh, principles, um, and what what could be another one? Um, well, well, I'll just leave it there. So those things seem to stick out and can be a, seem to be a continual thread within his messages on leadership. And um, I am a leader. I'm a leader in the church. I'm a leader in the community. And because I am a leader in the community, you know, especially even as a pastor, what is expected of me is a moral uh, component. They expect me to have some type of moral absolute to to guard, you know, to gird myself, to undergird my actions, to undergird my preaching, to undergird all the, in, in all the advocacy that I do. It, there's that expectation that that I'm going to have some type of moral undergirding, and the character uh, that I present publicly will reflect the character that I present privately. And um, I'm finding that uh, in today's contemporary society and in our interpersonal interactions, um, that's that's. Basically, almost gone. You know, we are not uh, not fully accountable to each other, and we're not fully accountable to ourselves. And we we have seen, and I'm I'm speaking generally. Please don't. I, I, maybe I should not use we, but it, it appears that um, that that because we don't have that moral center, that absolute, uh, that we. Those moral imperatives, as as Paul Paul Tillich puts it, those moral imperatives, because we don't have those moral imperatives, we are less – we are engaging shame and guilt less, which means that we are are extending ourselves into areas that, you know, a few years years ago, you know, would not have – we dared – we would not dare tread. Um, and it, it for me, it's an interesting phenomena as I observe this. 
uh, because uh, I, and I buy into the politics understanding of this that, that the, uh, the moral act, the moral imperative, is the act of self-actualization. Uh, and um, when we think about self-actualization, you know, we're talking about uh, a centered self. Yes, if, if you can even say it that way, I don't even know if we can still use that language. <laughs> but let me uh, uh, let, let me let me put it this way. Mm. Uh, and and I'm kind of. Summarizing or um, not summarizing, but um, paraphrasing Paul Tillich, and, and I'm drawing a lot, a lot from Paul Tillich, and I'm drawing a lot from um, Miles Monroe, because you know, as far as influencers in this current moment, for me, those are those are the influencers. Um, but but put it this way, you know, there 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 is no moral imperative that is uh, being presented to the general body, the general community. And the moral imperative as 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 Tillich puts it and as I as I also adhere to is the idea that we become, you know, we are becoming who we actually uh um it demands us to become who we actually are or who we uh, want to be potentially if that makes any sense um, it's it's our power to to be and it's it's in that power to be it, it's basically um, it, it's it, it's that absolute thing that that uh, as Tillich says, you know, that ultimate concerns, that thing which ultimate concerns of that he calls it faith. And um, uh, I'm trying not to ramble. And I had notes scattered out. <laughs> and you know, once once you once you get started reading something and and you're trying to do it live or recorded, you know. <laughs> It, 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 with me, you know, I got ADHD, so I get off. I'm, I'm like, I can't stay on task too far. But anyway, I was, I was looking at notes, and then I, I realized I had something over here and one over here, and I was like, ah, just forget it, lose train of thought. But anyway, getting back to this idea, my, 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 my thesis is this. My argument is this. Um, and and even though the title is saying overcoming. Get shame and guilt. The re- the reality is, I, I is really encountering shame and guilt. Is probably should be the better title, because I believe that the more we encounter shame and guilt, it helps us one to come back to the center person, come back to the center of who we are. We get back to the essence and the, uh, of our existence. We get back to the idea. That we are created by a being, by a creator who is holy and therefore demands the same of his creation. However, he realizes that his creation is flawed. 
and you know, not to get into a theological theological argument about that, he realizes that his creation is flawed, and yet he still uh, presents the means of us reflecting his holiness while we're in our flaws. Encountering guilt and shame helps us to do that. And when we have no moral absolute, when we have no moral imperative, when we have no character, moral character, or when we say there is moral relativity by way of individuality, and the more individualized we are and the less community uh, community, uh, we are, uh, the more subjective our individual lives become and the less engaged we are with the idea of community, the idea that we are called to live together, to love each other, and as Paul writes in Galatians 6, and I preached on this on Sunday, if we see someone overtaken in the fault, we are to engage them with the realization that we too are just as flawed and just as subject to that same experience, or maybe not the exact same experience, but the same experience of moral failure. And it's not just in the behavioral sphere, you know, you know what we see others doing, drinking, smoking, you know, whatever else you want to add to that. It, it's not just that, but within the the um the, within the absolute boundaries of community, and I use absolute the term absolute boundaries because again I subscribe to this idea that we are humanity as a family, and we must find a way to exist as a family. Um, and and even though we experience things individually, those individual experiences in in a lot of ways do roll over to the collective community. And, you know, so if somebody commits an act of violence against another individual, that must ju- does not just affect the individual that was, um, you know, that was impacted directly by it, but it impacts their family, it impacts the community, uh, all of that. And, you know, I see the same way with this idea of moral relativity. Um, and this, this, you know, this is, this is me. I have a greater sensitivity to myself, um, and I try to be as as much self-aware as I possibly can, uh, and guilt and shame play a role in that because if I know I did something wrong, the emotion of guilt, the emotion of shame are a catalyst to help me find my way back. To help me, you know, you know, uh, it's a good, it's a, it's a good, good guilt trip. It's a good guilt trip in the sense that it is helping me to recognize that I, um, that, that my behavior, my emotional experience at the time, uh, not only are they valid, experiences and valid emotions, but they are also useful emotions that should be pivotal in how I engage myself and how I engage those around me. And I I believe largely we're losing it. Now, as as from a perspective as a pastor, 
I, you know, I don't preach as much against sin as I used to. And the reason I don't preach as much against sin is not that I'm not aware the folk are sinning, but I'm, I, it's more so that I realize preaching against sin has never stopped sinners from sinning, <laughs> including myself. I was preaching against sin and was still continuing in sin. It, you know, it, so it was kind of like redundant. It it wasn't it wasn't being it wasn't presenting. Pres- Bringing about the fruit that was necessary to see effective change, and, and if it wasn't doing it in my personal life, and I was preaching it, I can only imagine that it wasn't doing, you know, wasn't carrying over into other persons' lives. And so I, I didn't stop preaching against sin. I did not. I, I just shifted how I preach about sin <laughs> against sin, because again, now, now. Sin becomes an issue of the community and not just an issue of the individual. And guilt becomes an issue of the community and not just an issue of the individual. When you go back and you read the Old Testament, you have to realize and you read it through, you know, when you're reading it, um, and you're not reading it through Western eyes, you're reading it through the eyes of a Middle Eastern community of people who govern themselves by this. So that if one offense happened to, you know, one, if it happened to one, it it affected the entire community. That was very powerful. And I used to always wonder, you know, why was God doing all this stuff? Why is it that he opened a hole and thousands of people died? (laughs) Why is it that he wanted to, to destroy thousands or millions of people because they didn't do what he asked them to do or what he wanted to do. You know, I, I was really thinking God was a moral monster. And and by the way, there is a book, Is God a Moral Monster? I, I strongly recommend that you read that, uh, give you a little bit more insight into <laughs> this this idea of the Old Testament God versus the now idea of the New Testament God of love. But anyway, I digress. And then the more I the more I um I understood that the Hebrews concept of community and it was exclusionary for one but that exclusivity was more empowering because it engaged the totality of their existence so that every person who was a part of their community were fully aware of the consequences of being a part of that community. Shame and guilt was one of those things. And the idea of breaking the law brought about a shame for breaking the law, not just to the individual or the group, but to the entire the entirety of the community. All of all every tribe, every person in every tribe was affected by that. And I think when we get back to and when we get back to that that sense of community and we're we're able to engage how character and the idea of a moral absolute engage empowers us to live more harmoniously with each other that that that's 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 a liberating thought for me it's a liberating thought for me because I choose, I am choosing to live in that capacity. Now, um, the other thing you know, I know 
I'm I'm I kind of seem like I'm rambling, but I'm trying to stay as much on topic as I can, and I'll try to stay as much to the the the, the thesis that I have presented. If I have made an argument, uh, a, a true argument or an acceptable argument, I hope I have. I, I'd love to hear your comments and make sure that you can leave comments. <laughs> so <laughs> when this, uh, uh, you know, this is when this is uploaded to uh, the Facebook page, you you can listen to it and uh, leave the comments there. Um, we appreciate it. Or you can, you know. When it's uploaded to the Twitter page or wherever we upload this, because again, this is recorded. This is it's live, but it's recorded for some of you. You may not be listening live at the moment, but whenever you listen to this, leave the comment and you you get you know I'll make sure we respond to you. Um, I, I want to go back quickly to the idea of shame and guilt as the emotion and how the i the emotion of shame and guilt should drive us should drive us to um a greater awareness of the need of the need for our character to reflect who we are who we want to be and uh not just the character that we present publicly uh is reinforced by the character we are privately and Dr. Miles Monroe uh presents this Wonderfully, in a lot of his events, he has a video, and if you can go, you can find uh, some of these videos on YouTube. There are a couple of places you can find it. Uh, uh, Monroe Global on YouTube. That's one channel that has archives of Dr. Miles Monroe's uh, videos and teaching, and the other one that has a, a combination of Dr. Miles Monroe, Les Brown, T.D. Jakes, uh, Steve Harvey, and other uh, inspirational, black inspirational thinkers and uh, presenters is um, Inspiring Habits. Uh, that's another YouTube channel. And I was turned on to this uh, in a business cohort that I am in. And as part of uh, the cohort, um, these videos are part of the instruction and you know, we, we get to listen and reflect. And so this is actually uh, steamed, stemmed from my reflection from some of these videos. But anyway, when it comes to the idea of character, character is not just who you are, a character, because all of us are a character in some capacity. We portray something that we are not in in various many in various ways outside of ourself, and and you know because for example I, again I'll use me as an example even though I am a preacher when I am in the pulpit <laughs> uh, there's a, a different character my my entire uh, personality changes when I'm preaching. And that's why it's always not just me, but all preachers. That's why you always hear those preachers say some, it's a joke with us if we're speaking softly. Use your preacher voice. <laughs> it, it, it's just crazy. It's crazy. But the character that we present outside is not always um, who congruent with who we are inside. And because that is there, there's their dissonance there, um, we encounter shame and guilt 
more, probably more than we would like to admit. So when we have these emotions of shame and guilt, and from from a counselor's perspective, that I I use these, I I, re, I I try to help people reframe these emotions of shame and guilt from a negative to a positive, and. When you have, as I said before, I'm probably just, you know, saying the same thing I said earlier. I believe character building stems from the experience of the emotions of shame and guilt. The more we are aware of our flaws, the more we will try to be self-engaged and actualize where we desire to be. So we will have less flaws uh, less flaws seen by ourselves and others, and we, you know, we'll never fully <laughs> get rid of flaws. Um, I don't. Well, maybe there are some perfect people. I don't know. I haven't met any. I know a lot of persons who believe, who behave on the up and up. You know, they don't have bad tempers. They don't cuss. They don't smoke. They don't drink and all that stuff. They're very. They're not temperamental. And you get you get other persons who you know. Uh, they may be for the most part the same way until you you know you you hit the right button, <laughs> say the right word. Uh, it may become the the Manchurian candidate. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know about that movie, but <laughs> it basically you know there was in the movie uh, there, and there are two versions of that movie. You know, there's there's a one from the '60s and then there's one from the the late 90s or early 2000s but when it, uh, I only like the one with Denzel Washington in it <laughs> that and um <laughs> this has nothing to do with the, the but uh the premise of the Manchurian candidate is that this this person is unaware that they've been they've been um programmed a certain way until they have certain things, sounds, or to activate who they really are, what they've been trained to be. And in the Manchurian candidate, they were trained to be killers or whatever, assassins. But <laughs> maybe it does have a little because there are a lot of persons I don't think who have been fully engaged in themselves and they haven't been activated and Maybe that they did work. Maybe that was a good analogy. I don't know. Y'all tell me. I don't know. But anyway, shame and guilt is something that when when our character is tested and we come to the realization that there is a moral absolute that we have um, failed, that we have gotten we have gotten away from, then that in that engagement causes us or should cause us to have an awareness of the value of those two emotions, the emotion of shame, the emotion of guilt, that then in turn serves as an impetus for us to be uh, – to self-actualize what we want to be. Um, and I think – I think it's – it's harmful in the world today, in our, in our, you know, today, in, in the age of President Trump, that that's lost. 
that we are rather defending uh, power over principle. The fact that there's some who say, look, we, we got a president who's getting, giving us what we want, and we can overlook what he has done or what he is doing because we're getting what we want. Now, you know, as a therapist, that's abuse. <laughs> you know, that that that's abuse. Or and I would advise anybody who's in a relationship like that, if they were in a relationship like that, to get out of it. But unfortunately, that's how some people just have come to live and, 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 and allow themselves to be that in the same way in the church, you know. It, it, it's the same way in the church. Uh, well, we know our pastor is flawed, but, you know, he preaches, make us feel good every Sunday. We overlook what he's doing. So if he's molesting children, we can be okay with that um, just as long as um, as long as it doesn't go too far. Either way, it's wrong. And... and we we've got to do a better job of engaging ourselves. So uh, I'm I'm running out of steam, and I'm not going to prolong this any longer. Uh, I do want to invite you to again um, uh, follow us on Facebook. Go to the the Zero Network on Facebook, like that page, and listen to all of it. Uh, you can catch archive shows all the way back to 2010, and um, if you are Apple is on um is available in iTunes on the podcast, you go to the podcast and search for Zero Today and you can find it there. Subscribe, please subscribe. And also uh support us on all of that. We appreciate you so much. I'm gonna get out of here because I like I said I kinda ran out of a little bit of steam and um um I just don't want to ramble. <laughs> but I wanna invite you to continue to support us, uh, Patreon, PayPal, all of that. If you have any questions that you'd like to uh, have, or you got any suggestions for the show, I'm open to suggestions. We are looking for a producer, by the way. Uh, so if you know someone that may be good at it, uh, helping uh, put together a show like this and good at uh, – um, uh, what else? I can't remember. <laughs> that, that's how bad it is. But um, we we invite you to uh, join our team here at Zero today. We're looking, we're trying to do as much as we can to make this world better, to empower people, to liberate people, to serve this present age. So until then, we do what we can. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for everything we do. I'm going to get on out of here. And until um, next week.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.